Hi everyone and welcome to the Final Whistle podcast from Southampton FC. I'm Kenzie Benali. And I'm Steve Forbes and we're back again for post-match reaction to Southampton's 3-0 defeat to West Brom. Joining us for this week's podcast, we have former Saints captain Dean Hammond and NBC's Joe Prince-Wright. Now, Dean, I don't think we saw that result coming. Was it a case of Saints just being distracted ahead of Sunday or was there more to it than that? Yeah, I think that, that you'd look at it and think there will be a distraction um, for the, the FA Cup semi-final. And the players looked a little bit flat, uh, looked like their minds potentially could be elsewhere, which I think is a disappointment. Um, it would have been nice to put a really good performance in tonight um, to get a really good positive result going into the game. Um, but look, it happens. The players are only human. It's human nature. They're going to be thinking about such an important game, a game that they've worked very hard to get to. Um, so yeah, I think the, the the theme from tonight is that disappointment and frustration. But he's putting it to bed now. You have to forget about it, move on from it, and, and try and find and learn from the lessons and try and find some energy that it doesn't happen again Sunday. Because if we look at it, we'd rather it happen tonight than it happen Sunday. So if they can put a really good performance in in the FA Cup um, semi final and get to the final. I think everyone will forget about tonight. Yeah, definitely. Well, Joe Ralph described in his post-match interview that it was a non-performance by the Saints tonight. Did West Brom just want it more than us? Yeah, from the very first whistle, they were much better. Could have been four or five knock at half-time. Set the tone, and Saints never really recovered. They had a spell of about 15, 20 minutes at the start of the second half, where they played a lot better, looked more like themselves, high-pressing up the pitch. But it just wasn't enough, as Dean mentioned. They weren't at the races, seemed to have the FA Cup semi-final in their mind. And now we need to see a reaction from Southampton and a big performance against Leicester to put that one to bed. Because no matter what happens in the Premier League now, as long as they stay up, if they reach the cup final and then maybe go one step further and win it, then that would be a fantastic season. So got to stay positive, but this is definitely an off night for Saints. Yeah, well, before we discuss today's defeat in a bit more detail, here's how the game panned out, courtesy of BBC Radio Solent. So we're closing in on kickoff. I can tell you the players are out now on the pitch. Phillips has it inside left in the box. Onto his left foot and he smashes it at Forster. Parried out into the six-yard area. Back out it comes. Into the corner. And West Brom have an early lead. And Darnell Furlong doesn't have a goal because the flag's gone up on the far side. We're down to millimetres here. And it is given us offside finally. Yannick Vestergaard's foot, trailing foot, was in danger of helping West Brom and keeping them on side, but it didn't. And that's a good flick on by Diania, and Maitland-Nar squares it, and it should be a penalty, penalty, and it is. 32nd minute of the first half, it's the least West Brom deserve, you'd think. Here comes Pereira, left-footed, down the middle, Forster dives to his right, and West Brom have the lead. Ings keeps it in beneath us on halfway, but he's facing his own goal, and he's giving it away. He's played it straight to Dan Diania. Robinson bursts into the box, and to his right, Diania goes to the back post. Post and a man's there, it's 2-0 to West Brom. And Matt Phillips made at the ground at the back stick. Now ball through, looking for Robinson to finish it. Vestergaard can't get to him, and he does finish it, you'd think. That's 3-0. Diallo just puts his hands out to wonder what on earth happened. Redmond's got away to his right and fed it on Adams, who's onside, says the linesman. Shea Adams, right-hand side of the penalty area. Low ball, just flashes it wide of the post. Genepo's still going, nice step over on the outside. He's brought down, surely that is a penalty. Here's James Ward-Prowse against Sam Johnston and he saves it and that just about sums up the night as the game comes to an end and Southampton almost 
have given themselves the worst possible preparation for an FA Cup semi-final. Joe, let's come to you first. What did you make of it? Pretty terrible. From a Saints perspective, I don't think we can sugarcoat that. The first half in particular was one of the worst first halves of the season, if not the worst. Um, yeah, defensively all over the place. Not quite sure where to start, but um, West Brom could have scored five or six in the first half. Um, and after the comeback win against Burnley, it was quite a shock to see Saints come out like that. But it was very similar to the Burnley game. Started slowly. Um, defensively, just couldn't get on the front foot. And it was very unlike Saints. There was no real pressure on the ball, no high pressing at all. And then, of course, they woke up a little bit uh, around half time and then started the second half were much better. But by that time, the damage had been done. So, yeah, a very poor display. West Brom deserved winners, of course, met them in the very good moments for them. They were very positive and full of confidence. But it has a massive wake-up call for Saints and probably the last thing they needed ahead of the FA Cup semi-final at the weekend because uh, Ralph Hazard will not be happy with that performance. Yeah, Dean, Joe said it there. Not the best preparation for that semi-final. What did you make of tonight? I agree with everything Joe says. I think it's uh, just disappointment, really, um, for the fact of uh, the performance and the result that comes from the performance, really. Uh, West Brom were good. Let's give some credit to West Brom. They were good. They had lots of energy. Um, it looked like they put more importance on the game to try and win the game. It really mattered to them. Uh, one second balls, one done the basics very, very well. Um, and Southampton just looked flat, really, just couldn't get themselves going. Um, and West Brom could have scored um, at will, really. Um, the first goal, as we look, probably shouldn't have been disallowed. That was a warning sign. There was other opportunities for Southampton. Um, and it became too free and flowing. There was no real structure to the game. And if you looked at the game, I was trying to dissect and analyse it a bit and trying to find out why it was happening. There was too many gaps between the units, too many gaps between the defence, the midfield, the midfield, the strikers, and the pitch became too big. Um, the two midfield players were playing on their own. It was almost like a 4-2-4. Um, the wide players were playing too high and wide, weren't, weren't tracking their runners and weren't coming narrow to help the two midfield players. And they just got overrun. And um, the midfield battle um, is so important in any game. Um, and, and, and West Brom won that um, convincingly to, tonight and, and deserved to win the game. So it's real disappointment and probably frustration leading up to such an important game um, on Sunday. But it's happened now. It's something you have to dust yourself down and, and move on from. Um, I'm sure there'll be a few chosen words in the dressing room and a few home truths which need to be said um, and you move on and, and forget about it but yeah a deserved victory from West Brom and just a really flat Southampton performance. Dean mentioned Diagne's disallowed goal there Joe uh, apparently VAR was unable to draw a definitive line and so stuck to the on-field decision how did you read that one? I think the only person to have a worse night than Saints was VAR um, because that was just yeah the, the reasoning you can understand is a technical hitch. I think that the officials and VAR obviously are probably quite thankful that it didn't cost West Brom the win and it was a comfortable victory in the end for them. It's not been a good weekend or a good few days for VAR. Um, yeah, it, it really it, it boggled my mind to see that it was ruled out. From a Saints perspective, like Dean said, it was a massive let off and something they didn't take heed of that warning early on. Um, but yeah, he was clearly on side when he scored. Uh, and obviously the issue was the camera angle couldn't pick up where his shoulder was because he's being blocked by another West Brom player. So that was the problem uh, there. Unfortunate for West Brom, but 
they didn't let it impact their game at all. They just went from strength to strength and hats off to them because they got their game plan spot on, were very confident. And right now you'd have to say they have all the momentum down in the bottom three and you know, maybe they could save themselves. But uh, yeah, VAR, another really strange day for that. Well, the two goals that did count for West Brom in the first half, both came from mistakes from a Southampton perspective. Dean, what did you make of them? They did. They were, they were, they were forced errors from, from Southampton. Um, the first one's really interesting and something that's probably very new to this season because obviously defenders can be within the box from a goal kick. Um, and it was a strange decision from Fraser Forster to, to kick that ball long when the centre-halves are so deep and um, no West Brom players pushing onto them. So it, it gave the centre-half so much ground to make up, um, lost the first header, lost the second header. Uh, Nathan Martin-Niles, which I, I thought was fantastic for West Brom all night, uh, made an excellent run, wasn't tracked. Um, pulled the uh, ball back and again a midfield runner and Ferreira wasn't trapped um, and it was a definite penalty so the first goal a few errors there that I think the Southampton players will be disappointed with just poor decision making um, and the second goal um, good possession for Southampton Danny Ings unfortunately tried to play a ball back to uh, Bednarak I think gets intercepted um, a really, really good cross and, and Vestergaard just can't quite get to the ball and it's a good finish by Phillips. But the warning signs were there. There was opportunities for, for West Brom. Um, so I don't think um, Southampton can really have any arguments. But it's just frustrating because there are errors that could have been stopped or prevented really from the Southampton players. And I think that's where the disappointment comes in. West Brom were good and created opportunities, but the major moments within the game, the major goals could have been prevented just from a little bit more concentration, I think, from Southampton. Joe, the third goal was more against the, the run of play. Uh, was that the crucial one for you? Because Southampton had played okay up until that point in the second half. It was, Kenzie. I think, you know, once that third goal went in, all hope of getting a point or maybe even another miraculous comeback, that ended. But Saints did start the second half really well. They looked more like themselves. They were high pressing, putting West Brom under a lot of pressure. And they were sitting deeper and deeper. And you thought, OK, if Saints get one early in the second half, then, you know, you could see a two all or maybe like that comeback win. But yeah, great finish. Uh, again, the defensive gaps, as Dean mentioned, midfield, it was too easy uh, for Yukoslu to turn. Played the ball in, got a bit lucky. I don't think he meant to play that ball to Robinson, but it was a great finish. And again, too much space in behind for him just to run in between the centre-backs. So a lot of issues there for Saints to solve. And it wasn't like Southampton didn't create good openings. They, they had some good opportunities in and around the box of Ings, Redmond, Armstrong. Got in some really good positions, but it was just, for me, a general lack of urgency, maybe taking an extra touch when they didn't need to, where as against Burnley and when they've been in one game and been very good in other games this season, they've just been direct and, and just taking the shot early or being just, just a bit more positive. And you did feel like Saints were being a bit too tentative, taking that extra touch. And when they got into positions to score, uh, West Brom always had another man that had already uh, backed up the defender to, to close down that avenue. So. Yeah, West Brom were clinical and ruthless and Saints were just a little bit sluggish on the ball all night long and that kind of summed up the game. Yeah, well, we did speak before the game about the excellent result that West Brom had against Chelsea last weekend, Dean. Was tonight just the wrong time to face them or did Southampton just not do enough? I'd say a bit of both, Steve, to be honest. I think West Ham, are, uh, sorry, West, West Brom are, are, are vastly improved. 
I think the last weekend's result against Chelsea has given them a lot of confidence and belief um, in the fact that they could get out of the, the relegation zone, um, which didn't help, obviously, at Southampton. Um, and Southampton just weren't at their best. Like Joe mentioned, they were just half a yard off the pace a little bit, taking maybe one or two more touches than necessary or usually would. Um, and just didn't have that. I think that's a good word by Joe, the urgency, you know, the urgency in the attack to potentially get a shot off to to play a one-two um, or the urgency to sense danger or get to the ball first or or press the ball as a unit. I think it just looked a little bit more of an individual performance and not quite a team performance tonight. Um, but West Brom were very, very good. I always like to look at that. The opposition were good. Um, they wanted to win the game. Um, they were played on the front foot. Um, created a lot of opportunities, which you don't really um, think West Brom would really for the way they play. They're usually a team that sit very, very deep, um, try to defend, um, not concede, and then play on the break. But you now had a game plan and and uh, executed it very well and deserved the win. Joe, you said pre-match that West Brom's season rested on tonight's match. Where does that win leave them now and what does it do for Southampton? Well, for them, if you look at the table, they're obviously eight points from safety, seven games to go. It's a real boost. They had to win tonight and now they play Leicester next in the Premier League, Villa and Wolves. And it's given them a lot of confidence going into those few games now that they can save themselves because, as I mentioned, they have the momentum. Uh, Fulham are, are you know, struggling now again. Even Newcastle, you wouldn't bet on them getting many more wins between now and the end of the season. So, yeah, can't quite believe I'm saying this, but West Brom may actually have the edge when it comes to staying up. They're still a long way back, but as Dean knows, momentum means everything in football. Uh, and when you're playing well, confident, keeping a clean sheet uh, tonight and scoring goals. I mean, they scored eight goals in the last two games. That's that's good going, uh, heading into a, a tough run of games to finish the season. But as for Saints, it's obviously status quo. Um, not going to get relegated. Um, but now I think it's disappointing because hopes of a top 10 finish, I think, are really far-fetched. Um, and yeah, again, it, it was, you know, Dean said it as well, the urgency, the lack of desire almost at times tonight almost had the players were thinking about the weekend and trying maybe not to get injured to be in the FA Cup semi-final team and uh, I think you saw that in the performance tonight and and Ralph will not be happy with that at all and it some players probably played themselves out of the FA Cup semi-final team I have to say so for Saints disappointing um, they aren't going to go down but it, it was kind of a big moment in the season in terms of which way it could swing from here on out I think the best Saints can do is finish 11-4-12 now. Well, speaking of the next match, we know tonight's result isn't going to do Southampton any favours when it comes to Sunday's match against Leicester. Dean, uh, as a player, like, what needs to happen in the dressing room now or on the training pitch just so we can kind of put this behind us and move on? You need to speak about it. Uh, there's no hiding away from it. Um, you need to have a, a meeting about it and discuss what's happened and why it's happened. Um, there needs to be, uh, you need to reflect on it 100%. But when you've done that, like used to be a Nigel Atkins great saying, you need to draw a line under it and just forget about it and move on from it. Um, and that's what needs to happen. Um, and then you go into a week of training. It feels very different. It's a simple thing. It's very, very strange. But it feels different for an FA Cup build-up. The balls change in training. You change with different balls, train with different balls because there's FA Cup balls to Premier League balls. There's just a different feel from it. There's a bit of excitement. 
you can change and forget about the Premier League form. Southampton have been very, very good in the FA Cup, obviously because they're in the FA Cup semi-final. Um, so you need to discuss it. You need to vent what needs to be said, really, um, and then try to use it in a positive manner and try and get some energy out of it to motivate the players for the FA Cup semi-final. Um, the good thing is that Leicester have come off a, a poor performance as well. So both teams going into the semi-final have had two before, uh, poor performances between them um, in the Premier League. So a line needs to be drawn under it. You need to forget about it, but you need to remember it and use gain some energy for it to take it into that game. Well, it's time to hear from Ralph Hasenhutl now. Here's what the Saints boss had to say after the game. Ralph, what were your thoughts on that game and how it unfolded from your point of view? Yeah, very bad first half for us, um, with uh, conceding two goals um, in a way that is uh, yeah not possible. And then uh, I wanted to see a reaction. I think we we spoke about a few issues we had in the first half and the half time, and then. It looked uh, much better in the second half, but only 25 minutes, and then you can see the third goal, and that was the killer. Then, because after this game, uh, after this goal, uh, the game was gone, and then you, yeah, you had a chance or still a few chances to score, but then it is tough. And yeah, finally, uh, a well-deserved defeat. To be honest, uh, we haven't been the, a good opponent today, and uh, we have to to be very self-critical and 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 do it better. Was it especially frustrating the way you started, given that you'd spoken before the game about how you'd started in the Burnley game and trying to make sure that, that it was better tonight? Yeah, I mean, uh, maybe I uh, have been uh, a little bit too too scared about uh, long balls in behind, so that was the reason why we dropped so quick and then and then the red zone goes so much open, this is not possible for us. Yeah, then it's uh, not the way we can play normally. And we changed this in the halftime and it looked much better in the second half. We also wanted to change it during the first half, but the, the communication was not in that way that we did it also. And uh, yeah, this is the reason why, why we have to be uh, more flexible in the future. Well, Joe, all eyes do turn to Wembley now. Please give us a bit of positivity before then. Well, on a positive note, I'll be there, so there'll at least be one in the press box. I'll, I'll be staying neutral in my role of NBC Sports. But, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing Saints um, have a response. Like Dean said, the next few days, kind of work out what went wrong um, and then move on very, very quickly from that because I think that's all you have to do. West Brom were good, Saints were bad. Does it mean much in the grand scheme of the season? No, but there has to be a reaction. And from a positive point of view, Leicester were equally as bad against West Ham in the first half, if not worse. So it may be a good time to play Leicester, especially with some of the issues with players being left out for them. Um, a lot of question marks about their form in recent weeks. So it's not the end of the world for Saints. You've still got an FA Cup semi-final to look forward to. And as Dean mentioned, Saints have been very good in the FA Cup this season. For whatever reason, they've just been able to switch off uh, any focus or any thoughts about the Premier League and focus fully on the Cup. And, you know, they're 90 minutes away from an FA Cup final. So that's as positive as I'm going to get. And if you hear any cheers from the press box, it won't be me because I'll be staying very, very neutral. <laughs> at yeah, I love the positivity. Leicester have been equally as bad. Uh, <laughs> Dean, uh, we've obviously highlighted that Leicester aren't going into this game on Sunday in the best of form either. Um, what are your early thoughts ahead of this one? Because it's a massive game for both teams. Huge game for both teams. Um, Leicester... Obviously, have never won the competition. Um, you know, they've got to the semi-finals and finals before. Uh, I'm sure Brendan Rodgers will be looking to, to win a trophy. 
Um, they're obviously in a good position in the league, third place, but there's a bit of pressure on them now with the, the, the chasing pack. Um, and Southampton, obviously, we've mentioned before, have been brilliant in the FA Cup. So it's going to be a, a nervy game for both teams, I think, because there's so much now relying on it. Um, because I think the manager said that he's identified that he'd like to win the FA Cup this season. He's put a strong team out for every round, so he's identified that there could be an opportunity. And a one-off game at Wembley is always 50-50. I don't care who's playing. There will be nerves. I know there's not going to be a full house of 90,000 people there, um, but it's an FA Cup semi-final, so there will be some nerves. And it's it's all. I think this game's all about who starts best um, because of the the last two games for both teams, there will be a little bit of a hangover from it. There will be some nerves from it. Um, and neither team in, the, in either fixture have started particularly well. So pretty even match teams. Um, both teams look to win the games. Good attacking players. And I think it will come down to who defends the best will win the game. Well, that's it for today's podcast. Thanks to our guests, Dean Hammond and Joe Prince-Wright. We'll be back for Sunday's FA Cup semi-final. We'll see you then.